and welcome to another episode of Dependence Blaining, the podcast. Today's episode, we bring you your weekly dose of true crime. This time will be presented by the lovely Jen. Oh, you're sweet. Yeah. And the lovely Veronica will just listen and chime <laughs> and, in every now and then. And commentate. Yeah. I got a, yeah, I got a heavy story I for you today, Veronica. It's kind of heavy. No! I'm sorry. Shall I get a slice of pizza right now? <laughs> yeah, I think you should. <laughs> oh, good lord. But yeah. Okay. Um, well, what's been going on in your in your life so far today? You know, like I said earlier, I'm like I can't even remember what went on this last week. All I know is the last time I talked to you, it was a Tuesday and I'd already said like it's been a week cuz it has, yeah, and Thursday it was a week, and and then mm-hmm. Friday was good, and then Saturday was good, yeah. and now here we are, and it's better. Here we are. Because now I forgot everything that happened, but now I'm starting to remember. Yeah. <laughs> PTSD. <laughs> starting to remember people that were not very kind. Unkind. Oh, those fuckers. Yeah. I had a pretty easy week, actually. I I mentioned before that I was like, I got moved around classes at school. So I was like, okay, this is fine. I get to work with a new student who's just the sweetest little girl ever. And I really enjoyed that. And then other than that, like, we really haven't done anything. Oh, I told you how I forgot my son at school, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have major <laughs> PTSD. And I told him because he has his chest collapse. And I was like... Please remind me to pick you up. And he goes, don't forget me. <laughs> like, I know. I was like, I really like, because I'm alone right now because Kyle is TDY. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, like I have to go pick up my daughter because she can't ride the bus and meet dad at home. So I have to go pick her up, go do some grocery shopping and then go back and pick up the boy and just try to figure out my life somehow. It's fine. I'm by myself every other day. I can do this. It's not a big deal, but it is really nice to have that support from my husband. Yes. Who messaged me earlier and he's like, everybody here is so nice. Everything is so nice. And I'm like, that's nice. <laughs> that's great. Good for great. you. Yeah, I did tell him, I was like, can you please eat all the local food? Because he's going to a place that has really delicious food. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just please eat all the local food and then learn to make something and bring it back so I can eat it. Right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's all I want. I don't need anything else, Kyle. I'm no. food-driven. We know this. Yes. Motivated by food. So mm-hmm. bring the food or learn to make the food and we are very happy. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Nice. Other than nothing going on, really, just... Waiting for the weather to get warm so I can go down to the beach and scare everybody with my donut-shaped body. Oh, you stop it. Knock it off. Donut-shaped. No. Donut-shaped as in the actual figure and and shaped by the actual donuts (laughs) (laughs) that I have consumed since being here. Uh, Yeah. That's right. No. Anyways, Jen, first let me tell our listeners where they can reach us. Yes, please. Before they press press um, stop on this podcast because you're you can have a heavy story for us. But they can reach us at dependentsplaining at gmail.com to share their thoughts with us. And they can also reach us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And don't forget to rate and subscribe on your favorite listening platforms. Thank you. Beautiful. Proceed. Thank you. Proceed. Proceed. All right. So, yes, we have a heavy story. Um, And speaking of PTSD, um, my story focuses a majority around PTSD. Okay. So, um, at the end of my story, I'm going to ask you how you feel. And I want you to give me some feedback because I have opinions as well at the end too which i'll go over but i want to hear from you too and see how you feel so this story is um about lance corporal walter smith 
That sounds really familiar. Yeah? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's a pretty common name, too. It, it is. Walter Smith. Smith. Okay. Very basic. But, so, Lance Corp- Corporal Walter Smith, that was a mouthful, <laughs> enlisted into the Marine Corps just after high school. Walter had a very normal childhood. Growing up in a Mormon home, he was one of 12 siblings. Wow. That would be fun oh, and chaotic and scary. <laughs> My parents are from big families like that, so it was really nice, like, meeting cousins every time I went mm-hmm. to Mexico. <laughs> so, yeah, and having a lot of aunts and uncles. Yeah, I think coming from, like, a small family i always wished that i had like more like my family had more siblings so that i could know more cousins no more aunts and uncles or even me having more siblings but siblings yeah yeah so in high school walter was part of the chess and math clubs along with playing in band and singing in the school choir he almost decided on a latter-day saints or lds mission after graduating but at their career day he was drawn to the marine corps booth seeing it as a different path as opposed to his preordained path with the lds because i guess what he was explaining is that when you're part of latter-day saints they pretty much already have stuff basically written out for you to do once you're done Mm -hmm. with school you've got to take these missions and do these things so Mm -hmm. Walter saw the Marines as a different, as something that he could control than something that was already done for him. Walter enlisted in the reserves, as most Mormon recruits did, in order to maintain the option of mission duty. Oh. So he could still do both if he felt like he, you know, if the opportunity came up for a mission, he was still able to do it. In February of 2003, Walter's unit was some of the first on the ground during Operation Iraqi Freedom. At one point in their deployment, they had been hit with an RPG. Um, RPG is the abbreviation of a rocket-propelled grenade. It's a shoulder-fired anti-tank weapon system that fires rockets equipped with an explosive warhead. Oh, thank you for... because I was wondering... Yeah, and most of those are carried by individual soldiers. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Three men were hurt during this. They saw their enemies packing families into cars and driving straight at them. What? So Walter had no choice but to fire at the oncoming threats. Um, It was also shared that Walter had a very hard time witnessing innocent children dying. So during this time, it, it was just explained as pure chaos just Mm -hmm. fire coming out of nowhere these rpgs you know they saw countless men dying around them and then this whole where the enemy would just pile their entire family into a car you know driving straight at them what do you do you know you know what you're supposed to do you have a mission while you're there so you do what you can to make sure that the rest of your unit survives you know you Mm -hmm. you care for each other but it doesn't make it any easier you know seeing innocent people that should never be Mm -hmm. in a car like that anyway so after six months um being in uh on deployment walter then was sent to a marksman training course in virginia but while he was at um On the rifle range, the sounds of munitions were starting to give Walter flashbacks, and he started to think he was shooting at people in Iraq. Oh, my God. So this started his medical discharge. Walter was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD, and medically discharged from the Marines. Walter's friends from the Marines recognized that he was depressed, saying he wasn't the same person they had met in the beginning. I mean... The things that they have seen, I can imagine yeah. what, you know, what that does to your brain. Um, so, in August of 2004, Walter was now living in Salt Lake City, Utah, and working at a local department store. Walter was still fighting a lot of demons in his life. His parents were getting a divorce, 
and his flashbacks continued. He would see a psychologist and even attended a few meetings um, in Hill on Hill Air Force Base. Uh, he was taking medication, but none of it seemed to really quiet the storm inside of his head. Walter took to drinking about 18 to 24 cans of Utah's low-alcohol beer. And Sorry, also, I don't mean to laugh at that. <laughs> I know. It's, well, I was like, that's such a funny thing that you have to add, but it's true because yeah. Utah can't have, they can only have a certain percent. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and he also went skeet shooting with a friend. I, I don't know what skeet is, and I should have looked it up, but I just kept writing. Sorry, guys. It's um so... Like those discs, like those clay okay. discs that shoot up and they're like, pull or whatever. Okay. And you shoot them. I think like, that's what it is. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Like on Nintendo's Duck Hunter, right? There you go. Okay. Yep. Okay. There we go. So, um, yeah, so he went shooting with a friend. He said he seemed he f- to feel better with a shotgun in his hand. And that's absolutely terrifying for someone to say. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. Or here. Yeah, or here, yeah. Um, No matter the treatments, though, Walter came uh, became suicidal. He sent out a goodbye message to everyone in his phone uh, when one of his Marine buddies called it to the police. Walter was then taken to a mental facility for observations. After this attempt, Walter started to meet women on MySpace, because remember, we're in the early 2000s when MySpace was a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. MySpace. For those of you that don't know what MySpace is, it was a mm-hmm. lot like Facebook or Instagram. It was just a, a social media, and uh, it was except you could add music and backgrounds to your to your page. And you had your top eight friends that you could always have on there the too. Top eight friends, and then yeah. it changed to top ten. Yeah. And then if you moved them around, your friends would be like, why am I not your number one anymore? Or yeah. Number two? Well, first of all, not Tom was my number one. Always Tom. For forever. Forever and Tom ever. Tom was the founder of Mount MySpace. Yeah. All the okay. pictures that are on there that I can no longer find anymore. Oh, if I could oh only log into my old MySpace account. I, so I'm gu- guilty. I logged in a few months ago. And what? I, there was a ton of pictures on there. So some of them are gone. Like they're like locked in there. I don't know how to get them. And then I yeah. logged into Kyle's and he had more oh, of, our, just, of us, like our time in Guam. Oh, I wish I had like which my old are login. Completely lost. Oh, I miss yeah. It. You can recover it, I'm sure. I'll figure it out. But yeah. But yeah. So anyway. Yes. Yeah, so Walter started meeting women on MySpace. And this is where he met 22-year-old Nicole Spears. Um, Now, they went on a lot of, they spent a lot of time together, including many nights before Walter started to retreat. He was, you know, he's not, he doesn't have a good headspace. He just, he started to just come back. He started to back out of it. Um, And not not long after that, Nicole called Walter letting him know that she was pregnant. Oh. Now, in his state of mind, he did not believe he was the father, and he demanded a DNA test to be done. But none was done while Nicole was pregnant, um, which she found out she was pregnant with twins. And so Walter just moved on to another woman, which it ended badly. Again, not helping with his mental state Mm -hmm. um and then another thing to just keep deteriorating his mental state was he had filed for bankruptcy and then he had to move in with one of his marine friends okay so just he's got a lot going on in his life you know a lot of different things sounds like it yeah seven months after nicole gave birth to their twins walter sees pictures of the twins on myspace um, and he said they looked like carbon copies of him as a baby. Um, and he just knew. He goes, those are definitely my kids. I want to, I need to be in their life. Right. So they reconnected and Nicole was more than thrilled to have him back around because she was a single parent of twins. That's a lot to take on. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So all seemed to be going well. They moved into an apartment together, and they were both working at the local Walmart. Been there. 
<laughs> In the early morning hours of March 25th, 2006, Walter makes a phone call to the police. He tells them his girlfriend, Nicole, has drowned herself in the bathtub. Oh, no. Walter had been out seeing family with the twins, and according to him, he came home around 1 a.m., and after putting the twins down for bed, found his girlfriend face down in the bathtub. Now, the time of death had been hard to determine because Nicole had been in cold bathwater, um, and there had also been no sign of foul play. So, ultimately, her death was listed as a drowning from unknown causes. Now, at the funeral, Walter drew some unwanted attention to himself because he showed absolute no emotion whatsoever. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Stone cold. Um, but he was claiming that because he's seen a lot of death in his time, it, it didn't affect him anymore. Yeah, but this is somebody that you loved and cared you, about. Right. The mother of your children. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, nine months later... December 2006, Walter drives himself to a VA hospital because he's feeling suicidal and homicidal. He then confesses that he believed that he murdered his girlfriend, Nicole. The VA calls the police where he was then arrested on suspicion of homicide and taken into custody. Now, he was dead quiet, didn't say anything, just the fact that he thinks he did something, but he's not sure. But... Two days later, detectives were able to get the full story from Walter. So on the night of March 24th, 2006, the couple were taking a bath together. And they did this regularly. I don't know. Baths. Don't, I don't want to share a bath, but whatever. That's I your mean, choice. if it was like a romantical sort of situation. Yeah, depends on how big the bath is, I guess, too. That's true. Yeah. You don't take bubble baths with David? Kyle and I used to do that in our first years of marriage, I guess. Oh, we take bubble sweet. baths together. No, like well, idiots. <laughs> we <don't... laughs> no, because I've never actually had a bath that was like big enough to fit, you know, two people in it comfortably enough. Sure. You know? Yeah. And forget our bathtubs here. They're terrible. I can hardly even fit in it. Oh, we, the bathtub we had in our first house in Guam was really small. And then every single bathtub we've had since then have been huge. Yeah. The one right now is so deep that, like, the top part of the bath comes up to my knee. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. So we could easily both but take a lot of water to fill. It's like a pool. That's true. Like yeah. those jet jetted tubs. My parents had one of those yeah. in their house that they built. And it was, like, cool because I'm like, ooh, it's like a jacuzzi inside so yeah. i'd like put on my swimsuit and i'd be like mom i'm gonna fill up your tub and i'm gonna sit in it <laughs> and it take forever to fill up to fill up forever yeah. and by the time i could get in the water's cold so the water gets cold yeah boo boo um anyway so yeah so they were taking a bath together cool and nicole turned around to wash her hair out under the faucet when walter pushed her head under the water and held it until she died in the faucet, like in the under tub. the water. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, like I think oh. they had the faucet still running. Like she was running. using it to like wash her hair out. Um, but like the bath was fully filled with water. Oh my god. Okay. Sorry, Dave's uh moving the fucking shower curtain back and forth. It's very loud. Um, anyway, so after that, he then got dressed, he got the twins in the car, and he left for his family reunion, which he had told the police about from the beginning, which what he's, you know, that's what he said. He claimed he came home from and found her, but in reality, he did this first, then went to his family reunion. Okay. I wonder what he told his family. Like, were they like, where's Nicole? Oh, yeah. I don't really know. They did say, like, his family did say he was kind of irritated, um, like, easily agitated while he was there. And then he oh. just, like, abruptly left because he was angry. So, yeah. Again, okay. just a lot. A lot in his brain was not going well. 
Um, Walter could not explain to detectives why he did it. It just seemed like something had snapped inside of him. Walter was then charged with first-degree murder, but his legal team, uh, the legal team were able to validate that PTSD was a legitimate factor, a legitimate magnetic, oh my god. Malignant? (laughs) Malignant. (laughs) That PTSD was a legitimate mitigating factor to reduce the charge to manslaughter. Okay. Walter was sentenced to uh, 1 to 15 years, because that's what you get for manslaughter, um, but which automatically gave the custody to Nicole's family. So the twins were left in the care of her family. Okay. So Walter began his sentence in the fall of 2007, and four years later, Nicole Spears' family attended his parole hearing. He felt terrible. He didn't deny that he should get any less time than the full 15 years. He... Mm -hmm. Like, he apologized to them, and he goes, I know that's not, you know, it, it's the best that it's I can do. It's not going to bring her back, yeah. No. But he feels awful. He still doesn't understand what happened for him to do that. Mm-hmm. But but ultimately, he did. And so at his parole hearing, Walter was denied parole and sir, will be serving all 15 years and he gets out in 2022, which is this year. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I did the math. That's why. <laughs> wow. So, because I was like, 2007, oh my gosh, 15 years. When is that? Oh, wow. This year. I graduated in 2007, so it'll be my 15-year reunion this year. Weird. I was already a married that. woman in I 2007. I know. I've been married for a year. I know, I know. So, unfortunately, um, this also seems like there could have been more done that might have even saved Nicole's life. Um, in some of the right. art, this article I was reading, um, there had been several alarming warning signs that s- seemed to have been ignored. So, just a few months after meeting Nicole Spears, Walter called the police and told the officer that he was having um, thoughts of taking his girlfriend's life Oh, right then already. Um, he had asked then to be taken to the hospital, which he was. But nothing else came from it, from that. Nothing came from that. And then just a short time after Walter and Nicole uh, broke up, when Nicole told him that she was pregnant, Walter started seeing another woman. Um, during his, uh, during his hearing, prosecutors said that Walter had came home one night with duct tape and he demanded that the woman, the, the woman he was seeing who was there, um, he demanded her to come down to the basement. And once they were what? downstairs, Walter turns to her and tells her she needs to get away from him quickly before he does any harm to her. Oh my God. And she luckily ran out and got away. Okay. But at least, like, he there, he, like, realized that he wasn't, he, something was going on. That he wasn't well, yeah. But he was yeah, that he wasn't well. That's not normal. And at least he told her to get away. But these are a couple things that I feel, I mean, but still so early in, early in the 2000s, I feel like that they don't really know how to handle what was going on with their mind but they're red flags even if they were to yeah. put him in in jail for that kind of stuff if he's confessing to it and he's so self-aware this, something could have been done exactly put him in jail put him in psychiatric hold yeah hold him into the hospital keep him in a mental yeah. institute until they can really get something figured out because i mean yeah. again like he even admits, like, in the very beginning when he said that, when he told, when he called him, he called on himself. And he uh-huh. co- told the officer, like, I feel like I want to kill my girlfriend. It's like. Yeah. 
put me in the hospital, okay, but you should have left him in there or something until some treatment was started. Cause, and they said he took medication and stuff, and it didn't really help. But then they need to figure out some other way. Like, they need to, I don't know, yeah. like, it could have it could have been prevented. Like, and he said he, well, the saddest, the saddest one that he said was the attempt. He had an a, attempted suicide bef- before he met Nicole, and that was when his friend called to you know to put a stop to it called the police to put a stop to it and yeah Walter admits like he goes I kind of wish it had gone through because then uh, Nicole would still be alive now right and stuff but it's like that's so sad to think about like that you don't that's not the answer that's not the answer so it's super it's it's extremely sad and so terrible what happened to Nicole it's just you know it is terrible. Not something that should have God. ever happened. But yeah. thank God he did not hurt his children. Yeah. Yeah. But that's especially like horrible. leaving after all that, after what had happened and taking yeah. them and driving. And he had them, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so that is the really terrible story of Lance Corporal Walter Smith and his battle with PTSD, which ultimately ended in manslaughter and very, very, very sad. Um, Right. But that's where, see, this is where I'm at. What I want to ask you about is like, okay, what do you think? What do you think on that with the whole PTSD stuff too? Like they have, so now they're talking about how they're with, people who have major PTSD, especially military veterans, um, that they also disassociate with it as well. Mm -hmm. And that's what they think happened with Walter, where he just completely, something just snapped in his brain and he disassociated and just... Right. But then prosecutors obviously say like, no, he was still in full control. He knew what he was doing type of thing. So I'm, like, such right. on a back and forth with it because, like, like, I can see where the PTSD can totally mess with your brain and just yeah. you, you're not thinking clearly, but it's still, you're like, not. it's so hard because especially in those early times just after 2001, you know, we're training these men to go to war and to kill their enemy to shoot down their enemy and stuff and so then to bring them back where they've done that and they've seen their yeah their people not thinking of the repercussions that these actions have on their yeah on their mental state all the things that they've seen and it's like yeah it could desensitize you from that type of life because you're in combat and you're having to deal with this, you're you're causing this, you're seeing this, and then you come back to the real world where you're thrown into normality of some sorts, but it's not your normal anymore because you've right. been so desensitized to horror and now you're in a world where nobody wants to hear about it. Mm-mm. But you're no, still they don't talk about it. it. No, they don't talk yeah. about that stuff. So when you first said that they were asking for manslaughter i was like he like he he killed someone with his bare hands this isn't an accident you know but then again it's like you like yeah you were in control so is a drunk driver who Mm -hmm. had the control of not you know they had the option of not getting in the car but if they kill someone that's considered manslaughter right yeah what's the difference what impaired i guess yeah but you knew you knew you were drunk and you know you're not supposed to be driving you kill somebody. That should be murder to me. I don't know. But with this one, it's like he, he seemed like he was very self-aware of what was happening, what the demons he was battling. And he, to his, how do I say it? Like he, he gave warning to his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And he gave warning to authorities that he was having these thoughts, but they still set him out. Yep. Out and about to the point where he did commit this and i think that he knew what he was doing but he just couldn't stop himself from he couldn't help doing, himself yeah from yeah. doing it yes yeah yeah i don't know i mean 
murder is murder. Yeah. She died at his, you know, his hands killed her. Yeah. His hands killed her on yes. purpose. Ultimately, yes. Yeah. No matter which way you, still you, pay you for that. look at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he should still pay for that. I think there could have been things to prevent it. And I think there's still things to deal with it. Sticking someone in jail where they're going to encounter more PTSD is probably not the best solution, in my opinion. There should be some sort of institute for these type of situations, especially for veterans, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. for veterans. Someone to turn to. Because you're going to come back from hostile territory into where everything's holly and jolly? No. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. They need help. They all need help. Don't just put medication in them and call it a day. Medication in conjunction with therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Monitoring, therapy, medication, like all the steps. Yeah. Taking so the that, thing serious. Someone yeah. who's reaching out for help saying, I'm hum- I feel homicidal. I feel suicidal. Let's get you all the help right now. All these resources. Here we go. Like, let's yeah. get started. It should have started from the very beginning. The first time that it mm-hmm. came about. I mean, they already discharged him from, from the Marines knowing he had PTSD. So why yeah. wasn't something started right from the get-go like i know probably exactly. some some things were he was seeing a psychologist he was going to like group um group meetings on on the base in utah uh but yeah. he even said like even those meetings weren't helping him because these people that were there were not did not know what he's gone through. They did not experience the yeah. same things he's had and so he can't he couldn't relate to any of them. And he just felt like he was just, uh, like, uh, I don't know. Like he was way different than everybody else. And his, yeah. their and experience group meetings was not his. For this, type of, for this type of situation, I don't think uh, that's enough. No. That's not enough. No. It oh. should have been monitored. And then, or whatever he was doing, once that first call came in that he was wanting to take his life, that should have been the trigger to monitor him put him in a facility yeah. where he's watched all the time and yeah really like got down to it yeah but it did it did not none of that <sighs> was done none of that was done there were warning signs and they were ignored and ultimately just cost the life of a innocent person that should have never should that never had died. him that was mm-hmm trusting him they were probably having an intimate moment in the tub and she felt you know like she let her guard down if she did have guard up and then that happened Mm -hmm. oh that's terrible jen yes yeah so sorry for that story you're welcome i told you it was very heavy it was a hard one to read and write about Mm -hmm. it took me a while yeah yeah well thanks for sharing yeah you're welcome let's talk about something happy yeah bring us back up Um, veronica (laughs) i'm really hungry and i have a bunch of leftover pizza from last night because the kids had friends over and i ordered pizza and they were mostly running around so we have tons of pizza left over yeah and we're gonna go eat a few slices and then freeze the rest for a later day nice that's smart yes i need to go eat lunch too i'm starving starving i'm starving so hungry yeah. Um, have you watched the Worst Roommate? Worst Roommate? Uh yeah, we watched the first episode of Dorothea. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. haven't seen the squatter one? No, I haven't. We haven't we only watched okay. the first one, I think it was on Friday and then and then I went into my Love is Blind uh binging on Saturday, so Yes. <laughs> I so I watched the squatter one with Kyle. I cannot believe these squatter laws, I, I know. cannot believe them. I mean, you, you've you been in real estate, so you maybe you're more knowledgeable than I am with that. But just what I saw, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, how is the law protecting these people? I don't understand how? why it is. It Like, that's what I don't. I didn't look too into, like, the squatter thing. I've just, whatever, when I was in it, I was told, like, some things. 
but I, but my, my thing is, I don't understand it. Why are they, if they're in there for like, what was it, like 30 days or it might be less. I don't remember. But if they're sitting there for 30 days, get, it's their house now. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What? Or if they get like, if they automatically get mail there, that's yeah. their residence. And I'm like, yeah. how? They cannot be removed. You cannot legally remove them. And I'm be like, but I, like there's things like that. And I'm like, I don't understand why that's not fair because that's not their house they didn't purchase it they're not on the mortgage yeah like yeah their name is nowhere on the house whatsoever so i don't understand why that makes any sense at all if someone knows like please tell us or explain it so that it makes sense because it doesn't make sense the episode that I watched, it was a serial squatter, mm-hmm. and he moved in with this lady, didn't sign a lease, was not paying rent, was not paying utilities. He attacked her, and they both filed a restraining order against each other, or like a no-contact order, but they were living in the same place. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, one day, the police shows up and arrest her, and she's like, why am I being arrested? And she's like, because you came at him with a knife. And she's like, this is not true. Like, he's been squatting in my house, and I cannot get rid of it. He lived there for four years, first of all. That's ridiculous. Something else. Anyways. And she's Ugh. like, I cannot get rid of him. And she spent, like, a few days in jail, and she was on probation for, like, a year. What? Because of this guy. And he was now living in her house. And he was, like, harassing the neighbors and the landlord. Oh, my gosh. You have to watch it. It's so crazy. I'm like, how? I was like, if I had a squatter, like, I would stop paying the rent and the utilities so they would turn off the water and electricity yeah and how would, is he getting all get, this done? i would get evicted yeah, I, I was would like not, i would be forced to get evicted it's no yeah i no the first month that you wouldn't that you he's you said he signed a lease with her too no no he, did he didn't not sign anything that's he the thing like how in. no i would like after the first month i'd be like you gotta go like he you're wouldn't mooching. you're mooching yeah I will call I know, the police right? and, and be wouldn't. like, we need to escort this man off of my property now because he's... They cannot. It's illegal. I know. All of that. Yeah. It oh, doesn't make so sense. so ridiculous. I don't, I don't get they it. They need to change those laws. I don't I even don't... know why that was even a law in the first place. Why? Why protect the squatters when they are the ones who are doing something illegal? Or yeah. Or what should be... people's illegal. lives. And... Yeah. Yeah, financially. You can't just sit in somebody's house and then claim it as your own when you don't have anything to do with the financial state of the house. Like, are you kidding me? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. I'm going to tell you. So watch that episode. That that one, that will upset me too, to watch that one because that's ridiculous. That's why you don't invite people in your house. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. No. Like vampires. No. You can't come Don't in unless you're invited. Exactly. So you know, vampires. I watched one of the greatest movies of all time, also super cheesy, The Lost Boys. Have you seen it? No. It's late 80s, mm-hmm. maybe early 90s, and it is so good. <laughs> it's so bad. It's good. I loved it. <laughs> And I was like, yes. I had. I don't think I had ever seen it in its entirety, so I watched it last night. Um, and I was like, I, I really liked it. Like it was, I don't know, but like the makeup they use on them to make them look like vampires is just so crazy. And it's so crazy. Like their faces are painted <laughs> this shade of, this shade of gray. And I was like, am I supposed to believe this? Like. It's so 80s. It's crazy. Yeah. It's so 80s, but I love it. I was like, I'm here for it. Mm. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I have to vampires. see that. Saying, I was like, vampires. they came into the house. They were let into the house. Yes. <laughs> don't invite vampires in your house. Don't invite anyone in that you don't know into your house. Or squatters. No. Yeah. Also, these these people that were getting screwed over in that episode were women. And I was like, I don't know. As a female, maybe this is really stupid of me to say, but I would never have a male roommate. I I would never. I, I don't know that I would feel comfortable. It depends on how well I'd know no, the person, yeah. you know? Like, if you'd known them, you were, like, really good friends all through high school right. or type of thing. Like, maybe if you're really close. Maybe. Yeah. 
No, you're right. Yeah, that's but, true. If you knew somebody and you were close, but like yeah. a random stranger, no, from Craigslist, no. I'm yeah. sorry. I'd be like, no, sorry, I'm not that desperate for a roommate. Bye. Yeah. Anyways, Craigslist. Don't ever get a roommate from Craigslist, guys. Come on now. I don't want to even be <laughs> Kyle's roommate. Sometimes <laughs> he takes so much advantage of me. Oh my gosh, Jen. Let me tell you. <laughs> The frustration my husband brings to me on the daily basis. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what happened. So mm-hmm. he was getting ready the other day. <laughs> I hope he's listening to this so he knows. <laughs> the other day he was getting ready to for his um t- to go TDY. So he was packing stuff and he was com- he had been complaining about stuff on top of the dryer, saying I had too much stuff on top of the dryer. And I was like, I I don't have stuff on top of the dryer. Like I have the necessaries. I have a rack on there with sheets. And our um, iron, I almost said blender, but the <laughs> iron and a box of travel size toiletries, travel size everything, right? Yeah. I've always had that box because, you know, for traveling, it's just easy to keep everything together. So he pulls down the suitcases from the closet, which I have everything very neatly stacked in there. He helped me put everything away. And he opens the suitcase and he starts pulling stuff out. And he looks at, he starts looking at these organizing cubes, thinking whether he's going to take them or not. And I'm watching him the entire time. And I know what I'm going to have to deal with after he's done with this. So I sit and I read because I was like, I know when I'm going to have to deal with this. Like, it's going to drive me insane. So I'm trying to calm my nerves before (laughs) they get up there. (laughs) And so he is done packing, right? He's, he's done. And I go, (laughs) my daughter asked me where her toothpaste is because she came home from school with like a baggie of uh, of like toothpaste and a toothbrush. You know how they do that for dental hygiene day or whatever? Yeah. And I said, oh, I was like, I don't know. I was like, it was on your bed and I gave it to you. And she's like, I put it in the bathroom. And I was like, well, that's where it has to be because I haven't moved it and I doubt daddy has moved it. And she's like, it's not in there. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay, Kyle, do you know where her toothpaste is? And he goes, I put it in the travel box. And I was like, okay. I was like, all right. It was her toothpaste, but whatever. I was like, oh, okay, I get it, you know. I would. He, he put it in the travel stuff. It was a travel-sized toothpaste, whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. So I went to go grab it. And I saw – I went to go grab the box. And when I moved the box, all this shit fell behind the dryer and I was like, what the hell? And it was the packing cubes that he had been looking at that were in the suitcase. And I was like, didn't he just complain about all the shit that I have on top of the dryer? And he puts more stuff on top of the dryer. And he goes, well, every time I go to pull out the lint trap, there's something in front of it. I was like, the iron is in front of it because you leave it there. And he's like, well, I need it to cool down before I put it away. And I was like, it goes on a metal rack. Like, it's fine. Put it on the metal rack. It's fine. Nothing is going to happen to it. There's nothing around it. If And it's cooling down as we speak. You know, it's fine. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I go to grab the damn things from behind the dryer. I can't reach them. And then I have a specific hanger that I shaped into, like, a stick just with the hook on it. Because the dryer vents outside and it collects lint and I can't reach it. And I need the hook to remove all the lint from the thing. So I have it on the side. So I get the packing cubes and I go to put them away in the suitcase where they belong. And when I open the closet door, there's like packing cubes and a backpack that was in the suitcase just sitting out. And I was like, Kyle, why do you do this to me? Why do you do this to me? You're just complaining about what the dryer looks like. And then this is what you do to the closet. And he was like laughing at me. And I like I was like whatever I'm gonna go in the shower and I get in the shower and I have I'm having this entire conversation with myself in the shower because I'm so like worked up about this entire situation, <laughs> and then I call him over from the shower. I was like, "Come here," and he's like, "What?" And I was like, "I am so worked up right now about this entire situation that like the chaos you just caused," and he's like, "Why?" And I was like, "Because." And I told him I was like, "I go to put away this thing and then I find something else and then I go to put away that and then I find something else." I was like, "You caused it all." And I was like, it all started because you're complaining about this stuff on top of the dryer. <laughs> I was like, you made me so mad. 
And then he goes, do you need to work out some aggressions? And I was like, I need to, you're my aggression that I need you to get out of here. I was like, that's what I need. <laughs> I was like, you made me so mad. Uh, it was it was just a cascade of shit that he caused. It never ending. And then he leaves. Waterfall. Yeah, it's never ending. Yeah. A never ending waterfall with him. Uh. <laughs> like, why did he go put stuff on top of the dryer when he was complaining about it? There was so much stuff on top of the dryer. I was like, I don't. I have sheets because I have literally. We are in a, a small apartment. Not a small apartment, but we don't have very much storage. Yeah. And I need to. Uh, I don't have a linen closet. Uh, so I have a rack on top of my dryer. It's perfectly organized. It's perfectly organized. I have everything I need there. Dryer sheets. My regular bed sheets and that box of travel size stuff and the iron. It's not a lot. And he says that there's always stuff in front of the dryer lint. I was like, there's an iron that you leave out all the time in front of the dryer lint. The dryer lint's only blocked because of you. Yeah. And then I wrap up the iron and I put it in its designated spot. And then the dryer lint is perfectly clear. You guys, I'm going to give you advice right now. Don't get married. <laughs> Don't get married. Oh, my gosh. It's a constant battle. Just kidding, Kyle. It's just I love always, you. It's always, you know, it's the little things that drive us crazy that we just, you know, like, why can't you just. Insane. Why can't you just do what I need you to do? Yeah. Why, why can't you complain just put about the it? stuff back? Yeah. Where you found them. Oh, that was another thing. Because he's always, like, looking for shit. And, and I know where the majority of things are because I'm the one that organized the place, right? right. I'm the one that organizes. I know 90% where 90% of the things are. Yeah. If he can't find it, I will find it. I know where it's at. It's our And he thing. complains about that. Yeah, he complains. And then I have yeah. a junk drawer because it's a junk drawer. Everybody has a junk drawer. Yes. You're lucky it's not an entire junk dresser. Right. And so I have a junk drawer because he leaves shit on top of counters and i am very picky and maybe a little ocd but i don't like personal things on counters so like papers with like our names on it and stuff like that i don't like to see them out and i put them away in the junk drawer in the same spot every single time like mail i put it in there keys they're in a basket i don't want to see them just hanging anywhere right i'm very particular about this stuff so he like he gets mad if he can't find something i was like if it was up to you everything would be sitting out on counters everything in the bathroom i don't like anything on the counter even though i leave my clothes on there sometimes (laughs) (laughs) but he would be perfectly happy not using any of the cabinet space and leaving everything on the counters no kyle i do love him though he's he makes up for it by making me laugh right yeah (laughs) it's like they can be so incredibly frustrating they make us so angry and then they do something super silly and you're like fine all right yeah i know i love you yeah i love you you're my favorite person i you really are but right now you're like fucking frustrating me beyond belief right just put everything back where you found it that's all (laughs) i ask for just put it back yeah like my kids i can't i don't remember what i handed to my daughter and my son the other day like a jacket or something and they go as my daughter yeah, she's like, I don't need it. And she just dropped it on the floor mm. in front of the dining room and then started to walk away. And I was like, <laughs> I know that I did not raise these children this way. Like I, I tell them every day, at least 10 times a day, turn off the damn bathroom lights. Like why? Yes. How has it yes. not stuck in your head yet? Right. Yeah. Put yeah. away your stuff. Put it away. Yell at them so I know. So like with my kids, the, the bathroom light. The only reason why we leave it on, why I tell them it's okay to leave it on longer sometimes is when they take a shower because our bathroom light is connected to the vent as well. So in order to oh, dry, out the, yeah. dry out the bathroom, we have to leave the light on. But that is the only time that they can leave the light on. Every other time, they just leave it on. I literally will, I was like doing something, both the kids went outside, and I walked down the hallway, and the bathroom light's still on. I'm like... Oh, my Lord, guys. Yeah. I'm gonna turn it off. And then, like, my son will come home, and he'll have a friend over, and they're hanging out. And he uses the bathroom, and he comes back out, and he just leaves the light on. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why? Open the door, turn the light off, and walk out. Flush the toilet, please. <sighs> you know how many times I've walked in there, and there's just, like, floating turds in there? And I'll be like, who 
took a poo and didn't flush it and they'll both point at each other. I'd be like, did you see it in there? Yes. But like, why didn't you flush it? I don't care who did it. Yeah. Yeah, But I didn't do it. I don't care. Flush it down. Yeah. Oh, so my daughter sleeps in my son's room like on the weekends because he has Mm -hmm. a little TV in there. And so when it's time to clean up, she goes, well, it's not my room, so I'm not going to clean it. And I was like, babe, you've been living there all weekend. She's like, it's not my room. I'm using his stuff. I've been like, I'm going to do that with you too. Why should I clean your room if you live in it? And she's like, mm, I didn't think that one through. I was like, why should I do your laundry if I didn't wear it? Mm-hmm. Like, why? Why should I wash, help you wash your hair and untangle it if it's not growing on my head? <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, I know. God. Yeah. Gotta love them. Crazies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why should I buy you toys if I'm not going to play with them? Right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, motherhood. Motherhood. Parenthood. parenthood wifehood. Life. Wifehood. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it's all hood. All the hoods. Anyways. Well, Jen, thanks for your story today. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm going to go have some lunch now. You're going to have some late lunch. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll see what this day brings. It's really nice out. I might take the kids out for a walk or go sit on the beach. Nice. That sounds like a great a day. Bit. I think so. All right. You depend on splainers. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode brought to you by the lovely Jen. <laughs> and if you have any anything you want to tell us, we're here to listen. You can reach out at dependesplaining at gmail.com or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And don't forget to rate and subscribe on your favorite listening platforms. And once again, thanks for listening. We will see you guys next week. Well, you'll hear us next week. We won't see you. Or will we? You never know. You never know. We might see you. Uh Uh-huh. With our eyes. Yeah. Especially those of you that we know in person, who know us in person. That you guys know what we look like. You do. And <laughs> don't forget, because wherever we go, there, there we, we are. are. I changed that, didn't I? And and you and too. You. Yeah. Wherever we go, there we are. I'm going to leave it. Just I'm leave gonna it. I'm going to find you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>